Welcome to the 79th episode of the Young Turks Podcast, powered by Viner Fourgates. This is your host, Mason Viner. And your co-host, who may or may not have the flu, Jordan Viner. And on today's episode, we're talking Maryland Seton Hall, the loss from last night that has a lot of people heated. Yes, it does, and Mason has some live reaction from the game where people were screaming things at Mark Turgeon. You know what? That always happens at Maryland, but before we talk about that um, fiasco from last night, this podcast is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin Party Rental resource. Allied has what you need, whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival. Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories that you're looking for. Wayne from Terp Talk has known Donnie at Allied since 1995. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV, contact Allied today for a free, no-obligation quote at 301-986-0067 or visit them at alliedpartyrentals.com. Jordan, now for the Terrapin Rundown. I want to start things off on the non-rev report. On Mason's end of things, four Terps were named to the inside lacrosse preseason All-American squad. Yeah, we got Jared Bernhardt, Curtis Corley, Bubba Fairman, and Justin Shockey. Two surprises. Actually, no, really one surprise there. And that is the face-off man, Justin Shockey. He had a really strong finish to last year, but preseason All-American, I'm not so sure yet. Well, hopefully the Terps can live up to the hype. They got a lot of expectations. I didn't actually put this in the rundown outline, but also on the women's side, nine Terps are on the preseason All-American list. That's never surprising, Jordan. I'm not saying it's surprising. I'm just saying it's worth noting. They're just so dominant. They're just, they're such a good team. Moving on, women's basketball beat Loyal of Maryland 83-44 to and then went to Delaware and topped the Blue Hens 77-53. to They will start Big Ten play at Penn State on Friday at 7. Jordan, that game isn't on BTN+. Plus. It's not on BTN, but it's on BTN to go. What? So it's, it's not on the paid. It's not on actual TV. It's, it's just on the app. Okay. I mean, I guess that's fine. Uh, Shakira Austin, the five-star recruit, was once again Big Ten Freshman of the Week. Third time this season. She has just been fantastic. Yeah. Um, just Maryland women's team can really play. They're really, they're really good this year. They're undefeated at this point. They're, they're getting it done, but... I wouldn't say, you know, entering Big Ten play, but this, just to me, it doesn't really matter until March. I, I, it's a, that's always true in college basketball, no matter which type it is, and hopefully they can keep the good times rolling. Um, the Lady Laxers released their schedule this week, and it is a tough one. It always is. Tough games, including they will play the Gary Gate squad, Syracuse at home, and North Carolina. So, you know, it's the same kind of... Um, approach that Sasho takes it's we're gonna play every team and we're gonna be ready for the run come May and they always are and this just it's what we've come to expect out of this specific team uh keep on the Sasho reference there former Terp goalie Zach Stefan is U.S. men's soccer player of the year not surprising he's gonna take over the goalie reins now that I believe Tim Howard is fully phased out for the U.S. men's national team, and, you know, we turned in some clean sheets against some really good teams like France, and I think one against England, uh, he played really well in some some big friendly matches for the U.S. men's soccer team, and now he has actually signed to Man City. 
yep, great news for him, and hopefully he will take U.S. men's soccer to the next level. Yeah, what what is that next level, Jordan? Well, right now it's just getting back to the World Cup. Exactly. Um, as we get move to football here, Maryland's co-defensive coordinator, defensive line coach Jim Brumbaugh is leaving to be the defensive line coach at Colorado. Kind of a surprising thing for me, but I don't know. I never really got a good read on Brumbaugh. Um, neither did I. I really liked his pregame warm-up. He did have a lot of hype. But really, when you look at it, this defensive line constantly underperformed. Yeah, they always seem like they lack the depth necessary to really compete in the Big Ten. Maybe that's not really his fault. But I, I agree that they often struggle to stop the run. So, is it a loss? Probably, but it's not a huge loss. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens with his son. Legend Brumball now. Does he leave Maryland? He's moved from quarterback to tight end. We need more tight ends. And hopefully under locks, we actually use the tight end position because I think it's very valuable. And it was really... We haven't had tight ends here in a while. No, they haven't. But, you know, I believe. I believe that we can bring that position back to Maryland. Oh, I hope we do. Um, now we can, I guess, talk about the... Somewhat controversial early signing day for the Maryland had. Yeah, the Terps landed five guys. <laughs> Levante Gator, Isaiah Hazel, Dante Banks, Dino Tomlin, and Mason Lunsford. The one, I mean, this was good. They're missing some guys that I thought Maryland could really use. Is this good, though? I mean, it's only five guys. And I know people are saying, like, well, we can wait till February. We'll have more people. I'm sure that's the case. That is the case. I'm There's sh- no way that's I'm not the sure case. I'm sure it is, but I'm still concerned. I'm not concerned. Actually, I'll change that. I'm a little bit concerned. I was, I was waiting for you to get around there. There's the, there's one offensive lineman in this class. They didn't have any before. I, they, they, they were no, there were no offensive <laughs> linemen in this class before Lunsford. There was the one guy, Parker Moore, who had... Um, Decommitted to Maryland previously. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying that a lot of people were expecting a lot from Loxley, saying he'll flip everybody in like two days or whatever time he had. And I'm not saying that he should have gotten everybody, but I was just, I was hoping we'd get some traction. Here. But there is traction. Traction is not signs. Traction is like when Nick Cross and, and, um, the other guy slips me right now, uh, Keelan Robinson and, those guys start to start to move, and you see the Twitterverse. The FSU fans get really mad at Nick Cross, and the and the Alabama fans um, <laughs> starting to be concerned on when Keelan Robinson said, "Hmm, a lot of things are like coming to light now," or whatever he said on his Twitter. And Alabama's like, oh, "I don't know about this guy." Uh, okay, Keelan Robinson, as Dave said when he was on, probably wouldn't have gotten Alabama if Fox wasn't there because he he's a yeah, running but, back. But that that doesn't matter. I mean, does Maryland really need him? No. No. You can always Jordan, use more running no, backs. No, they can't use any more running backs. I, from last year, one more thing. I got to the point where having that many running backs actually was negative more than positive. Running back is a, it's a position where you want to get a guy going. So does that much rotation really do anything? I disagree. I mean, I think it is good when you get guys going. But I think it also helps to keep having fresh legs on the field. No, Jordan. 
Jerry Claiborne wishbone. One guy's getting 30 carries, and we're riding him to wins. That's what this team needs. Okay, this isn't 1985 anymore. That was a shout-out to the guys that we tailgate with. Uh, okay. Hi, hi, Jim. Hi, Bucky. But I, I hate when people do this. This is not 1985 football anymore. The game has changed. 1985 is Bobby Ross joined Learned in Maryland history. Okay. Okay, so continuing back to um, 2018, or is this a 2019 signing? Yes, this is 2019. Okay, 2019 signing. Yes, Jordan, they need more offensive linemen. Yes, they need. They just need more guys. It's coming. It will arrive. Now, whether it's going to be like five and four stars, who knows? But... Well, the good news is they're they're making their inroads. There are some guys like um, Malik Jackson, who actually was a surprise signing that I completely forgot about when I was writing down my list. Oh, yeah, the tight end. Right. Yeah. So they're making inroads. They're making jump guys. And, man, I really can't believe that I missed him right there, but at least I remembered before we finished this. But they're making their inroads. It's going to happen. It's just it's not going to happen right now. Well, a theory that I've seen put out there a, little, a few times is that Lox is just going to hold his cards and maybe get some grad transfers, get some, maybe just hold his spots basically till the next signing period, 2020, and have a really good class then. Well, the 2020 class is Maryland's, um, supposedly, could be the DMV's best class ever. And he'll just hold his cards until then and not sacrifice next year, in terms of recruiting at least. Yeah, there were two guys on this list of current Maryland commits that I really wanted to see sign that didn't happen. The first one is Tavon Tankland, who I talked about on the radio the other night. So underrated. This guy, even though he's small, he's like Will Likely sized. No, he's a little bit bigger. Will Likely was really small. But he can play. He can flat out ball. I want this guy on our team. Especially because we're weak at corner right now. Lost a few guys. I know that... Um, Marcus Lewis is returning to this team, but we still need more guys there. We need someone that's ready to go, and I really like Tank Land. The other one is a quarterback from Connecticut, David Summers. He's a three-star guy. Watched some film on him coming up on signing day. I really like this guy. This guy can really play the position of quarterback. Maybe not like Mike Loxley's offense dictate. That's what I was going to say. I'm not sure if he's going to fit what Loxley wants to do. But he can play quarterback, and you know, knowing what happens with Maryland and quarterbacks, we just need more guys. I like him. Those are my two guys. But you got to just acknowledge it. There's Land, Houston, Blunt, Summers, and Holt. Well, I— There, there are five more guys there. <laughs> I was going to say that my guys, I want Tank Land as much as you do. Jordan Houston's another one I really want. I know we don't need a ton of running backs— but he's not necessarily a running back. No, he's an athlete and a really good one. And I think that what we saw in film, when you're watching film of him, what we saw was really good. And he's first team all met, which is also worth mentioning. That came out a couple days ago. Deshaun Hold, defensive end, is another one, just because I always love getting defensive players. Because I, I feel like we don't emphasize that enough. But going back to David Summers, he just he's, he was such a Matt Canada guy to me. And with Matt Canada presumably gone now, I think that maybe he's not the best fit anymore. I, I think he is a good player, but he might just not fit what Lox wants to do on offense. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, so that's enough of the early signing period. Again, Maryland lands five guys, and there's still a lot of work to do, but if there's anything that the 
early staff guys that we got on this and Michael Oxley can do, it is recruit. And they'll be able to do that in the coming months before the final signing for football in February. So now let's talk about some more recent activity. Maryland basketball lost the game last night, 78-74 at the Xfinity Center to Seton Hall. Jordan, I know you were watching the Redskins, but this morning we turned the game from last night on. What did you see? Well, to be fair, you were watching the Redskins too. I, um, this is a hard game to evaluate for me. I think, as I said before, Seton Hall is a really good team. They're really well coached. Kevin Willard, their coach, is as has been for a while. My pick to take over. If no, he hasn't. Yes, he has. Jordan Ed Cooley has always been your pick. But Ed Cooley, Do, no, not no, leaving Providence. No, Jordan. Okay, I, I'm not going to take this one. A lot of times, I let you slide away with this stuff. But this is not one that I will let happen. Jordan, you've been saying Ed Cooley the whole time, and then I've always been like Jordan Ed Cooley. He's not going to leave Providence. Jordan, he's not going to leave him. But Jordan, Jordan, you say, Ed Cooley's coming to Maryland. No, you will not take Kevin Willard. You will not say that. I have, you know I've liked Kevin Willard for a while. But okay, but you've always said Ed Cooley's your guy if Maryland was going to make a coaching change. And now, suddenly, when you finally realize that Ed Cooley's not leaving Providence, it's Kevin Willard. What do you want me to say? I agree that he's not leaving Providence. He's, he's from Providence, but Kevin Willard would leave Seton Hall, I feel like. Anyway, it's a hard game for us to evaluate because Seton Hall's played so well recently. But, man, I feel like Maryland missed opportunities in this game. Yeah, and before we get to this, to those missed opportunities, this podcast is also brought to you by Maryland Eurocars. When you're looking for someone to work on your European car, look no further than Maryland Eurocars. We have a few Audis in the family and some BMWs at the office, and we take our cars to Christian at Maryland Eurocars. Christian and his team know their way around Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, Bentleys, VWs, and many more makes. Always friendly, courteous, and honest, along with being an extra clean shop. Maryland Eurocars is the best place to take your prized automobile, and they're the most reasonably priced shop in town. Located in Rockville, you can reach Maryland Eurocars at 301-217-5831. Ask for Christian at 301-217-5831, and tell them the Young Turf sent you, and I will have to... Take my car to Maryland Eurocars again to get the um, back windshield wiper replaced. Every week another thing goes wrong, but luckily I have Christian at Maryland Eurocars to fix that up. So back to the um, missed opportunities from this game. They were just there. Maryland took the lead at multiple points of the game and couldn't make that shot to extend it. When the game was at a standstill, it seemed like the Tarps were always two points behind and just couldn't. Couldn't take the next step. That's what I'll say about this game. A full game of not being able to take the next step to be able to win it. Um, I think I think it's most part that's true. We missed a lot of free throws. 12 for 20 from the line. Not what you wanted to see. Just, I felt like we lacked the punch we need to win this game. Totally. And I said it on the post-game show that's up on um, TerpTalk.com. Last night, the whole game was off. And I know because you were sick, you didn't make it out to the game, but you would have said the same thing. The stadium was sleepy. The music was off. The rhythm before the game was off. Everything was wrong. Everything was wrong. And 
And I'm going to go on a rant here, Jordan. Oh, boy. Here we go. And it's really starting to show the lack of faith that the Maryland community has in Mark Turgeon and this basketball program. Seton Hall should be a game. I know it's up against the NFL, so let's say there should have been 15-5 there. There were around 12,000 people. It looks lighter than that. Lighter than that. Actually, yeah, lighter than that. There There was no students. They're all on break now. They had the whole fill the wall campaign. There was nobody on the wall. It was just, it was bad. There were empty sections in the upper deck. I like to go on UM Terps to see how many like tickets are left for these games, and I couldn't believe it. The upper deck, the singles in the upper deck were not filled. There's just there's no faith in Maryland basketball right now to be able to win a game, and to me, it's still a pretty entertaining team to watch, and they still can't get any fans. That's 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 the problem. There's just. There's, there's no excitement. There's no faith in Mark Turgeon as a coach, and I think it may be a little bit unfair, or maybe it's not. And I I don't know. It's a hard situation to evaluate at this point. I think Maryland had some individual individual performances that were pretty good. Bruno Fernando, 19 points, 10 rebounds, was pretty was pretty good the entire game. Anthony Count had another mixed bag. Jalen Smith played pretty well, but they just didn't put it together. They weren't able to make it a team effort, and. It was a hard. This three-point shooting was off. Aaron Wiggins was uh, had a really rough night. One for six from the field. Two points in the entire game. I don't know how much you can really say about this. There, we can say this, Mason. The um, execution down the stretch there was horrible. And who does that fall on? It falls I, on I'm, the coach. I am tired of this. I'm tired of the state that the program's in. I'm tired of the doubt that the fans have in the coaching. That you see a lot of Maryland fans yell at games. A lot of the, or one of our jokes is the the angry Maryland fan that we all have in us, and a lot of people like to verbally express those feelings. Is that a nice way to put it? I suppose so. But at the end of this game, there were quite a few people screaming at Mark Turgeon while he was walking off the court. Like fans love to do. Yeah, but they weren't screaming positive things, if I remember correctly. At least from what you told me. No, of course they weren't screaming positive things. But, you know, as I've already stated, a lot of people love to yell at these games, but not a lot of people seek Mark Turgeon out at the end of the game, or the coaches, to yell at them. It's just, it's a different level. After last year, there was a lot of building up to people saying that they wanted to fire Mark Turgeon. And now, it's like this team was like that second chance. This team was like the, if Turgeon can put this team together, then yes, the contract might be validated that he got. But this time, it's starting to look very negative towards Mark Turgeon. And the belief from the fans is just, it's not there. It's not the end of the world yet. Okay, there's still a whole big 10 season to go. We still have a lot of games to play. This isn't, the season's not over yet. But yeah, but this was a massive blow to the tournament resume of the Maryland Terrapins. But we have a whole Big Ten season to go, and people are acting like this is the end of the world. Yeah, this game sucked to lose, and we played we played two, we played three. We played Penn State at home, too. We played three Power Six teams at home so far this season. We played Virginia, which we lost, but people weren't upset about that because we put together a good effort against one of the better teams in the country. We played Penn State at home, and we beat them. And then we played Seton Hall, 
who is on fire, and we lost them in kind of a tough way because the of the down the the end of the game execution was so bad. But now we play Radford, who has shown some flashes of being a decent team this so far this season. Yeah, Radford's went at Notre Dame. And they beat and Texas. They won at Texas. But then they lost to James Madison. Yeah, then they lost to James Madison, Ohio, Clemson, UNC Greensboro, and then most recently on Friday they beat Georgia Southern. But they still they've still proven it. They've they've gone on the road. They've beaten that team. They get ready to beat teams like Maryland. So, and before is Redford well, in Virginia? I feel like they're in Virginia. I I'm gonna Google that real quick, but Mason, keep talking. But before we move to that, let's go. Let's go back to this game for a few minutes. Let's go back to the end of the game specifically. Where is the improvement at the end of the game? At the end of the shot clock. Where are the inbound plays? Yes, Jordan. Okay, Jordan. I have confirmed Radford is in Virginia. Where are those plays? Where is... I don't want to say where is the coaching, but where is the coaching? Well, where is the play calling is more where I'm at. Well, Turgeon commented on that in the press conference after the game where he said, I have to call too many plays. We aren't in the flow of the game. We can't just play basketball, which I really understand. I understand you got to play in the flow. It's not always a play call. It's basketball. It's not football. And apparently Maryland just hasn't picked that up yet. Look, yes, basketball is a, such a, is a very flow-based game. You need to have rhythm. You need to be able to play in the spirit of the game. But I also feel like it's frustrating to watch us play because even when we call the plays – Take the, I don't remember which possession this was exactly, but it was very close to the end of the game, where it was off a timeout or a foul or some stoppage of play, and was inbound, we threw it into Cowan, we screened and rolled out, and Bruno Fernando was open on the top of the key for a wide open three. But but uh, why was it him? Why was it, I don't have a problem with that. No, no, he explained that play too. If it was a pick, he explained that play. Okay. It was a pick and dive play for Fernando. Yeah. But... I am not opposed to a top of the key wide open three for number twenty three. If you ha- were gonna do that though, use but six. He can shoot no, the three. No, that wasn't. But the play design was a dive play to Fernando. They got messed up and it ended up being a pick and pop play to Fernando instead of a dive. That <coughs> I don't. I don't know what the problem is with that play. I really don't. I mean, I guess Fernando at that time not a great shot. I'll give you that. But he's made a three or two. Wide open, he's going to take that shot. Just knowing the way Bruno plays, he's taking that shot. And it's wide open. I don't have a big, huge problem with that play. I do, just given the circumstances. And the fact we were so, it was so close to the end of the game, we needed to score so badly there. And I, Bruno's a good player. He had, had the best game of anybody there. But he's not a three-point shooter. He was 0 for 2 on the night. And I just don't, I don't like that it was, I like the play call of a dive, but when it didn't work, they should have reset and ran another quick play. Just do a screen. Set a screen and send Cowan to the basket. Just do something with a higher percentage outcome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, We have a little bit of different viewpoints. I understand what you're saying, but in the situation of the play, I don't think you could have gotten – I mean, the play was broken. Another thing with the end of the game – is why 
Can Maryland not execute off the inbound? Okay, yeah, that's that's one. Where? I mean, we're looking at the game, and then you see a prime coaching play by Seton Hall. Off an inbound, they quickly drew a double to a guy, and then they just flipped the ball down. It's an easy layup. Where is that from Maryland? Yeah, after that Purdue game, after what he said, we don't have an inbound play. I mean, come on. I'm going to let that one sit there. We don't have an inbound play. How, after that happens, do you not design? Let's say, okay, we want to run a few quick plays off the inbound. We get, you know, baseline turnover. The ball gets knocked out of bounds. I want a play that I believe will just give us two points and we'll move on. Just a quick play that will please the fans or, you know, just, just get us some execution. From Seton Hall, you see that. From Seton Hall, you see a change in defense. Maryland just lacks that. They lack in-game adaptation to what the other team is doing. I really liked it, and I know you do too, and every, a lot of Maryland fans do, possibly just because it was an old Gary Williams set. Full court press. I like, just, just, I like presses. Just to mess with them. Three possessions. Just, just to switch up the way the game's playing, because Maryland wants to get out and run. Let's make the other team move. But it just never happens. And that's where we are. So we already talked about Radford. I mean, the stadium again will be desolate. Probably. Up against the college football playoff. So there we go. Two games. Oh, yeah. One is up against the Ravens and the Redskins. And the next one's up against the college football playoff. I don't know if I'm going. I love college football. You all know that from, you know. From the radio shows. I love talking college football. I'm probably, and even if I'm at the game, like I just watched the Redskins on my laptop, I'm going to watch the college football playoff. I mean, I'd probably like to go because I missed this last one, but I'm not, I'm not sure. You're going to have to see. So, yeah, I mean, going to be a lot of empty seats again, and if they lose this game, a lot, a lot. Of angry if they lose Maryland this game, fans. I almost want to see us lose this game just to see the reaction that the Maryland fans no, have you out don't. there. You don't want to see them lose this game. You realize, I don't want to you see realize us... how in trouble this team is for the tournament. I don't want to see us lose this game to lose the game. I just want to see. I just want to see how we react as a fan base. This is the negativity that I deal with in my own house. How I, you were suggesting earlier today that we. And I'm going to say it again, even though you deny the term analogy. Well, you suggest we tank to fire the no, coach. No, no, no. Okay, uh, I did not. Please, I did not. Su- I did not suggest that we tank. I said, is it possible that people want us to tank? That is not what you said. But I also was considering with myself, should they tank? Well, if. If let's say let's play hypotheticals just for a minute before we wrap yeah, this because up. you know that I wasn't serious when I said they should tank. I, I'm just you. I think you were serious in saying there may be some positives if we were okay. The team. Let's say let's just clarify some. No, no. Okay, okay. Team, I will clarify because okay. you're the one saying that I actually said this. Which okay, I did say it, but it wasn't like yeah, they should tank. It's over. That's not that's not what I was saying. No, that's like not a, what you said. It's not like it's done. But you just gotta take what this team has. And really say, you know, it's college basketball. They're never. It's not like the NBA. It's not like say, okay, we can tank. We'll fire the coach. We'll get the number one draft pick. That doesn't exist. That's the problem with tanking in college. That's why you can't do it. 
And the players aren't going to give up either. That's the other thing. And we can't pretend they are. There's no GM to go in there and tell. Jordan, there is no hypothetical tanking. They will okay. win. They'll play to win the game. It, I know tanking's not. It's not literal tanking here. But if we were to, let's say, for if you're from a fan's perspective, do do the fans want Turgeon gone enough to be okay with losing? Let's say going six and not six, eight and ten in the Big Ten and missing the tournament again. I don't know, and that's going to be up to the test of this Radford game. And it's going to be up to the test of every game because now people are people are mad. We can't we can't avoid this forever. People are mad. They don't like what's happening here. They don't like the way this game's going. And they're be. not showing up to games anymore. That's so what... there's there's a lot of doubt, but you know what? Just like the beginning of the season, that Virginia game proved. If you play good teams, they're going to keep on the seats. If you can win a few games, which, you know what? This game did throw a, um, I don't know, a curveball at the tournament. You know, now when you look at the non-conference, Maryland doesn't have much to show. But we have they, there's still a season there. We have those fabled good losses. That, that, you know what? At least they played at Seton Hall. Yeah. At least they put a, a real opponent, you know, moving on to the conference here. Radford's no easy team. They're going to have, you know, Radford can really put up a good fight against them. They made the tournament last year. So it's going on, but it's not over now. There's a lot of discomfort from the fans now, but it's not over. There's a Big Ten schedule out there. There's 18 games, and it's not like last year. Indiana's a good team. Wisconsin's a good team. Michigan State's good. I, Iowa's good. Um, Nebraska's pretty good. Nebraska's good. I mean, there are five or six top-tier teams, like real good win teams. You can beat them on the road or beat them at home. So it's not over. It's not like – it's not as done as people like all of us like to think it is right now. There's still a lot to go this season, but – I mean, last night was really disheartening. Yeah, and that's all you can really say is that it was not what you wanted to happen. But you gotta take your, gotta take your losses and keep on rolling. Yeah, take your lumps with the young team. Keep going. Keep fighting. Season again. Season's not over. We're, we're not gonna get into the young team excuse again. I can't. I can't handle that. It'll. It'll. It'll just gonna be really mad. So let's wrap this up. All right. Yep. Uh, Terps will take on Radford on December 29th. So. Another seven days off before the Terps take the floor again. Jordan, that, that seven days off actually brought me back to something. And I'm not going to go too far into it because Mark Turgeon, you guys can see the press conference is up on Terp Talk and uh, Capital Sports Blog. Mark Turgeon looked like he was in physical pain when the media was asking him questions. He was really, he was really, and Turgeon's not a coach that really loves talking to the media. But he was he was taking this one hard. He just he didn't like what he saw out there. But he did say, you know, we had eleven days off, like like it was a um a reason for why they played this way. Now I'm not bashing him, but I'm just saying, who scheduled eleven days off? I don't know how much that's actually on him though, because. It- with exams around, they um they do have to give a certain amount of days off. Most teams do take large breaks during this time. That said, 
You still do then, practice, don't you? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm not going to go that far into it. I don't know. Turgeon was really distraught about the game. He was really upset. And I'm happy. And that's a good thing. Yes, I'm happy to see that. I, I, I oftentimes don't feel like he's upset enough after losses, so it's good to Well, see. okay. No. Turgeon gets pretty mad after they lose. Yes, but his reasoning, his, his answers. He doesn't, he doesn't want to talk about it. It's your, part of your job as the coach to talk about it. Look, we can get into that. No, no, it's really. You know what? Yeah, it is, but you can just see that he's, he gets upset. I'll leave it at that. He gets really upset. You can't really say that his he just doesn't want to talk about it, or at least not right then. So, Jordan, anything else before we wrap this one up? Uh, Merry Christmas. Go Terps, and hopefully, I don't really know what else to say. Hopefully, we win some basketball games and get some more football signings. But until then, hope you have a nice time with your families out there, and go Terps. Yeah, Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks for listening this year. I'm don't know why I said that. We'll probably have another podcast before the year is over. But happy holidays. Go have some fun with your family. And don't get too hung up on the turfs. There's still a long season left. With that, we would like to thank our sponsors, Viner Four Gates in Rockville. They're the place to go for all your business IT needs. Websites, if you're getting any of those phishing emails that are so common right now, Viner Four Gates knows how to deal with them, knows how to educate your employees not to open them. And Jordan, I know that you've gotten a few of them out there they're they're pretty common these days you gotta make sure you don't click on those when you see them yeah viner four gates can solve all those problems for you you can reach them at 301-251-2900 or on the web at oneviner.com maryland euro cars is a place to go for five-star service for your audi bmws mercedes bentley vw i've seen a lot of different makes and models at maryland euro cars they're the place to go for your five-star service you can reach them at 301 301- Two one seven five eight three one. That's Maryland Eurocars Christian at three zero one two one seven five eight three one. And Ally Party Rental is your place to go for all of your party rental needs. They have tents, chairs, linens, china, everything that you need for the perfect party at Ally Party Rentals. You can visit them at AllyPartyRentals.com. That's going to do it for this episode of the Young Terps. And as always, thanks for listening.